You know what? Because I would check on Ms. Hurd and say, are you all right? Are you sure you're okay? Because this is, you know, she was like, no, no, I'm fine, fine, fine. But I realized that with the crowd surging in towards her, that we didn't have to do, we wouldn't have to do the nudity. Because if she, if she took, took her shirt off and she had uh, a red bra on um, and a skirt, then if she had a red bra in her hand, when the crowd surged in on her, all she had to do was lift the red bra up out of the crowd and there's no nudity, but it's certainly implied because then she disappears for the character disappears for a few days and, um, and she's quite a wreck when she comes back because bad things have happened to her. So I, I remember telling Ms. Hurd, hey, you don't, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to take your clothes off. You don't have to take your top off. You don't have to, everything's cool. Um, and she was appreciative. Um, and, uh, but, but, but other than that, we didn't really, um, have much interaction until, um, until there was, a um, a scene where I, I was, t I'm, I'm taking a shower and then she comes into the room and she walks, opens the shower and we kiss and, uh, that moment was, um, It was, um, yeah, it, 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 it was, a, it was, it, it, it felt like something, um, it felt like something that I shouldn't be feeling because she had her wife, um, and even though it was a scene and, and, and she had a wife and, and I had Vanessa and kitties and um yeah when would you say your romantic relationship with miss hurt actually began if if not in that moment well i think there was something in the kiss in the shower that was very um real um so that day after work, Mr. Uh, had come to my trailer and I was, uh, uh, I was, I was, uh, I was just sitting there listening to, uh, actually old blues stuff. And, um, we had a glass of wine and um, and, and, and we kissed, um, and at that point we were the, my trailer was the only trailer in the parking lot. 
um, she had a mind to stay in the trailer there for a while with me, and I uh, didn't think that was a very good idea on any level, especially since there were about nine Teamsters waiting to move the trailer. Um, and then that was that until to, to whenever the uh, we did the first day of the press junket uh, for the Run Diary in Los Angeles uh, two years later. And um, she had she had broken up, I believe, with her wife and my, uh, for lack of a, well, my wife, uh, we weren't married, married, but she was, of course, my wife, Vanessa. Um, had, we, we had had uh, some not so great um, situations, you know, um, she wanted, she needed, she needed, she was stuck in America. She wanted to go back to France. She wanted to have her life back. She's another, she's a well-known singer there. She... All right. Okay. Miss Heard and I started to uh, see each other here and there occasionally. Uh, between the end of the filming of the Rum Diary and the the press junket, did you and Miss Heard communicate at any time in between? I I don't remember. I remember that there was a, a there was a white dress. That she was really, she really was infatuated with. That she really loved this dress that she wore in the film, and uh, so I, I went to Colleen Atwood, the costume designer, and to Bruce, and I said, "Do you think we can snag this, this white dress, and send it to, uh, to Amber? Uh, you know, after she'd wrapped." Because she loved the she loved the thing. Um, I remember talking to her. I think then, but briefly, briefly. What did you like about Miss Heard when you first started your romantic relationship? She she seemed to be she seemed to be the um, she, she seemed to be the perfect uh, partner in, in a sense in my head for me because she as I said she she was she seemed to be very knowledgeable about old obscure blues music that I listened to and really liked. Um, she was literate. She was uh, sweet, funny, 
nice all those things you know um and then then she was and from the beginning of our relationship at that time for a good year a year and a half um she was uh, she was wonderful and and then things just started to uh, change or things started to reveal themselves that's i think is a better way to put it you mentioned earlier in your testimony that miss heard would would take off your boots when you would get home from work what, what other types of um, behaviors did you observe in miss heard early in the relationship um little things that you would kind of it would just you'd question in, in in the back of your mind you know if if uh, if she wanted to go to bed i'd say oh well i i, I can't sleep you know right now and rather than go and just lay in a bed and stare at the ceiling i would say uh, you know, I'll just watch, I'll be out here watching TV or hanging out. And, and that was just not acceptable. It's not acceptable. It would, uh, it would steer up some, some rather unusual, um, reactions from her. I, I, I didn't understand why I, as a 50 some year old man, was not allowed to go to sleep when I wanted to, uh, as opposed to when she wanted to. It, it started out with little things like that. And again, they, they just, uh, they eventually, they just, I suppose like anything, if they're allowed to continue, then they, then they are allowed to grow. They're allowed to blossom into whatever they're going to become. What were you and Miss Hurd's nicknames for each other? Um, I called her Slim. Why is that? I called her Slim um, because of the, the film that I had given her to watch. In terms of stillness, was Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart, and uh, I called her Slim, and she called me Steve, which was. Lauren McCall's and Humphrey Bogart's nickname, uh, nicknames for each other in the in the film. That was their names in the film, um, and it, it you know it wasn't also wasn't lost on me, the fact that uh, there was an age difference and that uh, um, my God when 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 Humphrey Bogart and Lauren McCall, that's when they met on that film. He was forty five years old and she was nineteen. Um, and they stayed together until, well, for many years until Bogart passed away. So, yeah, the, 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 there was a kind of a joke to, not joke, but just, uh, yeah, I acknowledge the, the fact that I was the old craggy bogey and she was this, um, um, beautiful, um, um, 
creature, just this stunning creature. When did you first meet Miss Heard's parents? I first met Miss Heard's parents when uh, they they had come out to Los Angeles. Unfortunately, yes, yeah, stunning creature and emphasis on the uh, creature part. Uh, like I said before, we have to be careful the type of women we date because the wrong type of woman can ruin your life. As we, you know, as we see here, I mean, of course, this is a man that can recover because the truth comes out that the woman is psychotic and abusive, but not every man is able to have the luxury uh, uh, Johnny Depp has to fight back a woman like this in court. And you have to be also careful about the age difference. I mean, back in the day, you know, uh, you still have to also be careful about how women acted, you know, who they, who, what their real intentions are. But back then, you know, women valued a man that was able to take care of himself and her. Okay. And uh, it wasn't a problem with the age gap back then too, because there was maturity in those times. Unlike today, uh, a man in Johnny up in Johnny Depp's age is risky to date a woman uh, who is youthful like Amber Heard. Not saying, it, you know, it can't be done that a relationship can't last with a man in at Johnny's age with a wo younger woman at Amber Heard's age. But when you, these days, you know, most women are new age and they're into feminism and they know, not all, but there are women who know that they can take advantage of a man and set him up and take his resources and resources okay that's the issue today i believe and uh yeah and, and uh i feel i feel like that i met them uh, i think they came to my place to my to, to, um, to my studio and um they were two completely opposite ends of end of the spectrum people page um was um she was an angel she was an angel and uh and uh i loved her very much uh, I, I i loved her instantly and we had a very good relationship um her father David was the opposite end of that. He was this outrageous kind of almost like a cartoon cowboy, you know, and he was um, the initial thought. I mean, my initial kind of definition for David would have been rascally, like a rascal, you know, um, but I I, I, I loved them. I mean, I grew to love them both very much, uh, as, as well as her, um, her sister, Whitney. And, um, yes, it, it felt like I had been welcomed into some sort of 
family. I had been accepted into this this family, and um, those relationships stayed solid um, until just a bit after we'd uh, separated. How often did you spend time with Ms. Hurd's parents during your relationship with Ms. Hurd? I would say not even be friends with her after the relationship after the relationship is over because they know what type of person this woman is. They know what type of person she is. Okay? Sad to say you will have parents who have daughters like this or sons and they won't check their kids. So yeah, after the relationship is done, you and all ties cut off all ties. It's a good thing they never had kids together. Thank God, no kids together. Quite a lot. Whether we, I, I used to have a boat, um, and we would go. We would take her parents or family, and we go sail the boat and. Um, you know, drop anchor at the island, and uh, we would spend a week, two weeks, whatever, on the boat on the island. Um, also, uh, they would come to Los Angeles quite a bit. We also would go to Austin here and there to see them, visit them. Um, every year, we would, uh, on their anniversary, um, I had a friend of mine who had a restaurant in Austin, like a very good restaurant in Austin. And uh, I'd, I'd call him up, basically basically set it up so that every year on their anniversary, they could just go there and, and um, they'd be taken care of and there would be no bill. So they could just celebrate. And I think one of the things we did was, yes, we, we would try to order them car so that uh, they, were, they could drink. Um, I, 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 I was very fond of them, very fond of them. Now you mentioned Miss Heard's sister, Whitney. When did you first meet Whitney? I don't remember exactly when I met Whitney the first time, but I, I've... But I felt when I when I first met Whitney, there was something in there was something in what I saw of Whitney that was less, much less confident than Amber. Um, much more um, revealing of insecurities um uh jackson your honor just foundation what he right. saw in whitney i think if you can answer the question okay. you want to ask the question again I, I, I we can move on okay that's fine um how would you describe your relationship with whitney 
great. I mean, fantastic. She was, I called her sis. I loved her, you know. I felt, I had always felt something. I'd always felt like Whitney had missed out on something. Same objection. You can move. Okay. Um, where where was Whitney living when you first when you and Miss Heard first started your relationship? She was living with her then boyfriend Sean Krzyzewski. Was this in the same? Where was Miss Heard living when you first started your relationship? Uh, Miss Form uh, Miss Miss Heard had informed me that she just moved to a new place on Orange Avenue. What city is that in? Los Angeles, sorry, yeah. And was Whitney also living in Los Angeles? Whitney was living in Los Angeles, yes, with with, uh, Sean Krzyzewski and, uh, yeah. So how often would you see Whitney um, when you and Miss Heard were in a relationship? Oh, a lot. Um, Whitney would... uh, Whitney would come over all the time with her boyfriend for dinners and such. Uh, Miss her always liked having um, people over, you know, for dinner parties and socially shows, you know, social kind of events at her at her at her place. Have you ever done any drugs with uh, Whitney? Yes. How often would you do that? With Whitney. Yes, with Whitney. Maybe two, two times, three times, maybe twice, three times. Did there come a time when Whitney moved into um, the penthouses that you owned at the Eastern Columbia building? Yes. And and when was that? I don't remember exactly when it was, but I I uh, do remember that it was after uh, Rocky uh, Pennington and yes, I believe Josh Drew was there already as well. Um, Whitney, I can't remember why she needed a place, but she uh, needed a place, so we gave her penthouse four to live in. How long did she live there for? Oh boy, uh, uh, on and off for, uh, I suppose, a couple of years. And how much rent did you charge her? You said you did drugs a couple times with with Whitney. Um, what what drugs were you doing with Whitney? Whitney and I had uh, done a, a line or two of cocaine together. When did you start getting introduced to Miss Heard's friends after you started your relationship with her? Almost immediately. Well, in fact, immediately. Yeah, immediately. I was introduced to uh, the whole gang, you know, 
Rocky, Io, Brittany Eustace, Whitney certainly. Um, mm, who else? That, that this all comes to mind at the moment. No, you you mentioned Rocky. Uh, who is that specifically? Raquel Pennington. It was this was good friend from uh, youth, I suppose. And I think you mentioned Brittany Eustace as well. Who was that? Um, Brittany Eustace was uh, uh, just one of the gals. You know, she was one of the gals, and uh, she was quite bubbly and funny and um, real sweet girl. Southern, Southern girl. I haven't seen her um, in, I, I think, I think that there, I think that something went sideways between Brittany uses and the girls because she suddenly just disappeared from the group. When was that? Probably, we were probably, uh, And I believe you mentioned someone named Io. Who is that? Um, Io, Io Tillett Wright was a, a, a friend of Ms. Hurd's from New York City, who um, was uh, who, who who had identified as a as a she was born a female if that's the right terminology these days, born a female, but she was, um, she, she, she had chosen, um, she, at a very young age, she had decided that she was a, she was a male and she identified as a male. Um, and I always seem to be, Again, uh, she was, she was uh, very intelligent, very literate, um, kind of a go-get'em kind of activist type. And uh, she was writing a book, I remember. She was writing a book, um, I.O., or he was writing a book, rather. And... Um, I, I I had a house on one of my on, on suites or one of the houses there was empty. And it was in fact a house that I'd set up to, to write in and uh, when she she had no place uh, to stay or, or go, whatever I, I I called her over and I showed her the house you know, uh, where the desk was and all the things. And, and uh, so she, I said, write your book, you know, write your book here. So I, uh, so she, she did. Did Io end up living in that house or just working there? No, no, Io ended up, uh, no, she, she ended up uh, living in the house for, Somewhere in the neighborhood of a year, I guess. Somewhere about a year. 
And how much rent did you charge to IO? Nothing. And did there also come a time when... I think that's, I mean, the problem is, is when you have a caring heart and you're giving, oh man, I, you know, people take advantage of you. I really, you know, think he should have charged if he's offering a place for one of his apartments for a person to stay, charge them, you know, just getting to know them or, you know. I would have done that. Just saying. Um, Rocky moved into the penthouses at the Eastern Columbia building. Uh, Rocky moved into penthouse two. And do you recall when that was? Oh, no. Penthouse one. Sorry. Penthouse one. That was that was not long after uh, Ms. Hurd and I started to... Uh, begin to dress that place up as our residence. So it wasn't very long after that at all that uh, Rocky and Rocky came. Um, I had already had my friend Isaac, who, who you've met, um, Isaac Peruch, painter. He, I had already given him a penthouse to, to stay in, and, and uh, live in and he had he'd just come back from Florida and uh, his mom had passed away and I think he had about three dollars in his pocket so I, I gave him the penthouse and asked him if he had enough paint and so he lived there why did um, Rocky move into the penthouses Jackson uh, Foundation I'll overrule and, foundation. And hearsay, the question potentially calls for hearsay. I'll, I'll overrule that for the moment. Go ahead, Mr. Depp. Um, what, what, why did, sorry, what was it again? Why did Rocky end up moving into the penthouses? Um, she, she, she ended up moving into the penthouses. Um, I don't recall. I, I, I believe it was something to do with just not having a, a, a place. And Amber had asked if I would be okay with, you know, Rocky moving in. And I said, of course. So the, the penthouse is empty. I, I, I wasn't in the, um, I wasn't going to be renting them out necessarily anyway you know they were for friends to come and stay uh, penthouse four in fact was initially planned out for my sister christy to have an escape from her three thousand grandchildren and uh, and uh, the amount of workload that she had taken on at the company How long did Miss Pennington end up staying in the penthouses? Longer than I did. 
And how much rent did you charge to Miss Pennington? Nothing. Did anyone live with Miss Pennington in the penthouses? Yes. Her fiance or boyfriend and fiance Josh Drew. Um, and then at a certain point, uh, I learned that there was uh, a, another female living there. I, I wasn't sure who that was. I didn't know who that was. It was because it, it was a there were there were two bedrooms, and so she had invited a friend to move in. But I I, I met that person very briefly a while after they had already been living there. Right. Yeah. Point. I think I this is a good sure. okay. stopping point. That's fine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is 5 o'clock, so we'll go ahead and break for the evening. Again, do not discuss the case with anybody and don't do any outside research, okay? Mm -hmm. In the morning at 10 a.m. All right, thank you. Did, did he just say he allowed one friend to stay there and then finds out another friend was staying there and he just didn't find out recently? Sounds like she was taking advantage of him. Mm. Excuse for the day, thank you. Again, sir, since you're in the middle of your testimony, did not discuss your testimony with anybody to include your attorneys this evening. Okay? All right, you can you can stand down if you like. Okay, thank you. All right, is there any other matters for this evening? Oh, sure, sure. Okay. All right. So that's it. <clears throat> All I can say, man, is this is just... You make the wrong decision to bring one person into your life. And this is where you can see yourself, man. And Johnny Depp's not the only man who's gone through this. A lot of men have gone through this. It just rings through my head, though. She had the boldness to say, who are they going to believe, Johnny? I commend this man from having the recovery. You know, he didn't wild out. He didn't flip on her, nothing. He, this man had a lot of self-control. And um, he... To just... He, he's winning. Okay. Depp wraps up testimony back on the stand tomorrow. Okay. Depp's testimony ends for Tuesday. Depp's testimony came at a, to a halt at 5 p.m. As the court adjourned for the for the day, Depp was still being questioned by his own lawyers when Judge Pennis Ascard dismissed the jury for the evening. The actor is set to take the stand again tomorrow. Depp spoke at length about his life, his career, and his childhood. 
often giving long rambling answers. At one point, he had even admitted, I forgot what the original question was. Did not speak with speak much about his ex-wife, Amber Heard, although he is expected to talk about their relationship Wednesday. Fairfax, Virginia, dozens of Johnny Depp fans were in court Tuesday to hear the actor testify in his bombshell defamation lawsuit against his wife, Amber Heard, who has made a harrowing allegations against him. I thought it was heartfelt. Brianna Wall of York, Pennsylvania, told the post of Depp's testimony. You could hear the raw emotions in his voice. I was tearing up in the in there a little bit. Speaking of the moment, Depp detailed being abused by his mother as a child. Wall said, I just wanted to go up there and wipe the tears away and say, look at you now. Look how far you accomplished and set yourself apart from your mother. Court attendees sat griped by two Depp's words, and many of them sniffled as he spoke. Thousands of others rallied online for him using the hashtag justice for Johnny Depp. I just wish he could sign something dang. Wall said, lamenting Judge Penny Oscar's indict that Depp and Heard couldn't give autographs during the trial. Depp lamented having to testify in the libel suit he brought against his ex-wife Amber Heard, telling the jury it never had to go into this direction. No, it, it, it doesn't, but, you know, when you're dealing with a woman that, you know, wants attention, wants her own way, the fact that you're trying to leave and they prevent you from leaving because they want to try and get you to snap. It usually has to go this way. Still, the star remains steadfast in his decision to sue his former spouse over allegations of domestic abuse, which he flatly denied. I can't say I'm embarrassed because I know I'm doing the right thing, he said in court. Depp described himself as a very private person who didn't want my children to experience hordes of paparazzi. For me to come up here and stand before you or sit before you all and spill the truth is quite exposing, he said. Depp said his addiction began at the, at just 11 years old. He would fetch his mother her nerve pills and pop one himself. I'd done pretty much all the drugs I was aware of by the time I was 15 years old, he testified. It's never been for the party effect, Depp said, because um, about his substance abuse. He's been trying to numb the things inside that plague someone who's experienced trauma. The actor also slammed ex-wife Amber Heard's comments about his drinking and drug use, saying they were grossly embellished and most plainly false. I think it was an easy target for her to hit. Depp told the jury, I'm not some maniac who needs to be high or loaded all the time. Testimony last week revealed that Depp repeatedly called Amber, called Heard a, you know, C-U-N-T, and once texted his friend that he hoped her riding course was decomposing in the trunk of a Honda Civic. The C-U-N-T ruined such a cool life we had for a while, Depp told friend Isaac Burrock in, in a 2016 text read aloud in court by Heard's attorney, Elaine Redderdorf pain has to be dealt with humor, something dark, very dark humor, Depp told the court Tuesday. Well, yeah, man. I mean, going through what he's going through, what many men have gone through, and yeah, you, you have to find a way to laugh at it. You know, you, you can't snap, you can't lose your temper, right? Because you go to jail. 
Johnny Depp told the jury it all went weird after Pirates of the Caribbean became a global hit, forcing him to change his daily routines and hire extra security. <laughs> Depp said he couldn't take his kids to the park like he used to and that stalkers would try to climb the gates of his house, including one who wore Jack Sparrow costume. The Disney franchise started in 2003 with Parents of the, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, and has since grossed $4.5 billion worldwide. Wow. This is... This is, this is sad, man. I mean, fame is great, but... You, you, you can't have a normal life. Can't. Can't at all. Amber Heard stares straight at, at, at ex-husband Johnny Depp as he took the stand in their bombshell defamation trial. The Aquaman star who wore a cream blouse with a, her wavy blonde hair and a ponytail looked steely as Depp recounted his tumultuous childhood to the jury. Man, stolen face killer. Australian Depp fan Jacinda Glimpse, who traveled from Down Under to watch them testify, had tears in her eyes as her favorite movie star addressed the jury. I'm crying because I see a broken man, she told the Post. Court, con- court attendees sat gripped to the three-minute Oscar nominee's words, and many of them sniffled as he spoke. More than 150,000 people were also watching a live stream of his testimony on YouTube. Security seemed beefed up on Tuesday after three people were booted from court last week with nearly a dozen Fairfax County Sheriff's deputies stationed outside the courtroom before Depp testified. Insane, man. Insane. Well, the rest you can read on the New York Post. Um... Do you, do you know anybody who has been through what Johnny Depp has been through? Uh, let me know in the comments, all right? Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Later.